1: Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the Girls and Boys NSAA High School Soccer Championships from Morrison Stadium at Creighton University. Tuesday, May 14th, see Class B boys at 5.30 p.m. Central and Class A boys at 8 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media.
3: You're listening to At Sports Radio.
0: What's the Husker prayer? You know, dear Lord, the battles we go through in life, we ask for a chance that's fair. You know, that's all I want. You know, I want every game, I want the 60 minutes of the game to be fair, not tilted one way or the other. And um, you know, um, I just think, uh, I just think, uh, I want to, I want to do things right, so our players learn the difference between right and wrong, uh, even in competitive equity. And I think it's a shame when people say, "Well, would it have mattered?" You know what I mean? Like, you know. Um, you know, if, 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 um, it's, a great, it's a great analogy, but I'm afraid to use it. But, um, you know, so I just, uh, I just, uh, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, other people have talked about it. We all, it, it, it happened, whether it affected or not, none of that matters to me. I just feel bad for, I feel bad for our guys. You know, as they look at me, like, hey, coach, what are you doing about this? Um, so I do feel like I need to say something on, on their behalf. Um, we carry this record, right? Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't, I, I just want everything to be fair. That's all I care about.
2: Kicking off hour number three here on Herd Out Sports Radio. We are on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. And for hour number three, we're on KFOR in Lincoln. Woohoo! Our guests, though, they're always joined <laughs> via the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline. You know, we were talking a little bit over the break how... My guy, Andrew Rogers, needs to go place some NHL bets, getting some, <laughs> some inside info from our guy, Jordan, who we just talked to. Uh, you can go place those in Omaha now at Horseman's Park. And he Z- gave us a little tease He gave a little,
1: little, 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 So you tease. should add that in after this read.
2: 6303 Q Street is where Horseman's Park is located. That's where you can find the War Horse Sportsbook in Omaha. In Lincoln, you can go to the War Horse Casino, and the Warhorse Horse Sportsbook is there. Make sure you go in person in Omaha or Lincoln to place your bets on pretty much any major sporting event that you can think of, whatever type of bet you want to play, straight bet, parlay, prop. In-game is my little sweet spot that I like. Uh, you can place all those at the War Horse Sportsbook. Visit warhorsecasino.com sportsbook or get the War Horse Casino app for full house uh, rules. War Horse Sportsbook, no bets, no glory. A guy who's very familiar with glory is our guy, Mike Schaefer. Uh, he is our friend from Husker 24-7. Schaefer, it looks like you trimmed the beard up a little bit today. Are we going a little bit closer for Winter.
3: Uh, yeah, a little bit of that it was. I was in a wedding on Friday, and then uh, you're you're a heavily bearded fellow. You would understand this when the weather starts to turn in Nebraska. It gets mm-hmm. so dry. Mm-hmm. I yeah, totally face get it. It just like dries out <laughs> yep. entirely. Yeah, I'm with you. So,
1: I'm with you. Totally understand what you guys are talking about. Yeah, um, it's Definitely not. Looks like it. It's not. It's not like I have frustration <laughs> like Coach Rule or anything uh, when uh, you know maybe replay doesn't do its job or, you know, oh, I'm going to pinpoint the Michigan scandal again. Shave, You know, question, because I asked Ravi this. I asked Ravi this during a break, and we haven't really gotten into it too much yet. So it's it's a great start with you. Have you ever seen Coach Rule, like, voice his frustrations like that um, about officiating or or, or different things in regards to, like, standing up for his players?
3: Uh, No, I can't say that I have, like, a great uh – a great gauge of it. I mean, he's he's sort of voiced frustration in the sense that he doesn't always understand some of the react. Like you think after the Minnesota game, but it was a different it was a different kind of you know way of voicing it. This was just pure kind of just getting it off the chest, letting it be known, um doing it in a way that he feels like is constructive uh rather than just doing it in the way that I would, which would just be pure tear everything down, burn <laughs> it to the ground, you know uh sherman through georgia that kind of thing like that's, that's how i would be uh turns out other people are more diplomatic and that's why they get things done um, and that's why you or... write <laughs> yeah. i just
2: like that we already got our civil war reference in because we got revolutionary war last time we got our civil war reference in this time uh just wait
3: till i bust out the rough riders in the spanish-american war yeah that, that would be insane that would be insane
2: we, uh, our guy Mike J. Schaefer covers Husker football and local historian. We appreciate that <laughs> about about Schaefer <laughs> <laughs> Museum no, Museum I was, operator. No, I was gonna say, um, no, you know, you, you do kind of have the uh, the Civil War era beard there, so we're good. We got your your you're a uh, you're playing I, uh, the part. Mm-hmm. I
3: had a chin strap in college for like a weekend, and I realized just how horrible that was, like so, the okay, Abe Lincoln style beard. I would
2: say, was it like the thick? Uh, uh, it was like the thick chin strap, or was like yeah, the, the pencil line.
3: Not, not one of those weak like. Oh, look! I can just put a like caterpillar across my <laughs> face all the way around. Right
1: Listen, now. guys, we we can stop talking about me. It. Like, it's I'm, cool. I'm
2: not gonna lie to you, Shafe. I had the pencil line, uh, the beard, uh, beard like the chin strap, and I loved it. It was one of my favorite facial hairs I've ever done. It,
3: it seems like such a waste though, because you can grow such a glorious beard. Why would you want to hide that?
2: Well, you know, it was uh, it was the early 2000s. Yeah. I, I had the puka shells. You know, I was listening to Creed, although not a lot has changed there. Um, you know, it just felt like the thing. I, honestly, it was a Kevin Garnett thing. Kevin Garnett had one, and I thought it looked super mm. cool. And I was like, you know what? I want the Kevin
3: Garnett beard. And you're thinking I'm only a few years away from wearing Afflicted and Tap Out shirts. So, <laughs> yeah, or
2: Thankfully, I, I I averted that part of the uh, trends. I, was, <laughs> you, I, you I came to the fork in the road, and you chose the uh, <laughs> I exited the freeway before I got to Oh, okay. Affliction and bedazzled jeans. So um, we're, we're glad we did that there, Shafe. Um, let's. Uh, we will talk about Nebraska football at some point. Um, the the thing that I keep coming back to this week is, and that I'm not unique in this. Is that quarterback position with Heinrich Harburg, and, and I'm really struggling to understand. And so maybe you can help me here. I'm really struggling to understand the mentality of continuing to put Heinrich Harburg out there as the – it seems like the turnovers in this, and the decision-making is regressing rather than progressing. First of all, am I right in that assessment? And secondly, how do you think that kind of works with the dynamic of the rest of the team?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think my, – my guess is – I shouldn't say I think because – well, I, I guess it is I think. I don't – I certainly don't know. Mm-hmm. But my, my feeling is probably inside those walls – They are understanding that with Heinrich Harburg, it's basically going to be betting on trying to get as many big plays, if not maybe one more big play than you have turnover. Like it's a very thin margin game. And I my guess is with as much as they've been able to watch practice over the last month, I would think the the guys on the team. Um, probably have as good of an indication throughout practice as to why Harburg is getting all of these opportunities relative to the other two guys in the room. Um, and I honestly, I think some of it is they, they really, until Saturday, hadn't had a loss with Harburg as their starting quarterback where it would be unexpected or, you know, like the Michigan loss was a Michigan loss. Sure. But I don't think people really put that on him. Um, and so it's it's harder probably internally to make those sort of changes as you keep winning, but it doesn't it doesn't really feel like they have another option. Like I I don't know that Jeff Sims completely burned the option with fumbling on his one opportunity against Purdue, but it just doesn't feel like that's really going to be a thing they're gonna do in these final three games, barring injury. And then I don't think Chuba Purdy's an option at all. Like if he was, I think we would have probably seen him at this point and so i think this is what they have i think this is who they are and um because of that you know you're gonna have to just keep moving forward um with Harburg, and you are have to figure out how can you mitigate and work around these mistakes how can you make it easier for him i don't know how you guys feel about this i feel like you can see him think in real time as you're watching these games and there's just so much information and he's not processing right it's a lot like adrian martinez early sophomore year, uh, 2019, where you're like, what happened to the guy that was just running around making plays? Well, that guy suddenly all, he has a lot more information he's thinking about. He's no longer thinking like, oh, this is a great opportunity. Let's see what happens here. It's no, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. This has to be here. And he's not processing fast enough. And then you combine that with mechanics that are flawed. So the ball is high a lot. Like it just does not allow for strong quarterback play. But the problem is, I don't know that you can really remove them um, because I think it hurts your offense too much. Like, I don't know that you're going to be able to run even the belly option passes uh, with, with Jeff Sims. I don't know that you're going to be able to, to have any threat of a quarterback run game with Chubba Purdy, you know, so that because of all of these things, it just feels like for them to kind of survive over however many games they have left for 2023 they have to just sort of get by with Harvard. Like, that's just how it feels to me. It's not probably ideal by any sense, um, but that is sort of where they're at, and that is, I think, the end game for them to just try to get through the season.
2: Shafe, so I I understand all of those points you just made. If those things are true, which I think they very well could be, I I really don't understand, especially in light of of the, hey, you have to mitigate some of the places you're putting – the ball at risk with Harburg I really don't understand throwing the ball 30 times in a game that they were in I mean it was tied at halftime right like I don't I don't know why like does that make sense like that's where I have a frustration like hey if Harburg's the guy and you know his limitations then why put him in in situations where you know he's going to struggle
3: I I assume it has to do with the looks they're getting on the field like they they have one-on-one opportunities my frustration is I want to see more of those sort of jump ball throws to Malachi Coleman. Like, I I can live with Heinrich Harburg being potentially turnover-prone if it's chasing high upside plays like that when you have numbers in your favor and you're allowing a guy like Malachi Coleman to go make a play. I have a tougher time with the interceptions when he's just drifting aimlessly to the right because that's kind of what's happened to him. Mm-hmm. Like, he starts in the pocket and then he just starts drifting towards the sidelines and then it's just sort of unleashed with no real feel or touch in the air i mean uh the one that got called back because of the holding penalty i mean that's about as bad of an interception as you can throw i mean that reminded me a lot and going back to adrian 2019 that reminded me a lot of the one that got him benched that brought luke mccaffrey on the field against northwestern where he's just floating that thing up in the middle of the field never saw the safety didn't read the defense picked a guy out and threw it with no mechanics no feet behind him any of that so I can I can live with more or I can live with the regression if it's chasing the upside. It's when it's just poor reads of the mm-hmm. field, mm-hmm. like it's it's harder for me to live with that. And then the drifting. I I don't know, maybe I'm just inventing this in my head, but it just feels like anytime he's in a drop back situation and the pocket isn't clean, he just sort of slides to the right and just keeps falling towards the sidelines and his feet are never set. There's no timing on any throws. Like it's just It becomes then an improv type play. And frankly, for Heinrich Harburg, an improv play that results in him throwing has not gone well for Nebraska. Like, he's, it either needs to be on time in the pocket or a scheduled type of rollout, and then the ball comes out right away. But if, if the play breaks down and he just has to scramble and chuck it, I don't really recall Nebraska having a lot of success with that either. So to me, if it's like, if the play breaks down, they need to be coaching him. Just try to get what you can with your legs. Because that's sometimes where the danger really seems to come with his arm. When he's on scheduled throws, they've been a little bit better—not a lot, but a little bit better. It's when he starts drifting and then trying to make a play with his arm that's when I think things have fallen apart. To me,
1: Shafe, um, and and I'm with I'm with these points because I think decision making was rough. I think the throws were rough. But in, in terms of how that game was overall played by the team, do you think Harburg? is taking too much uh, of the blame or, or, or too much? We're, we're criticizing him too much for his gameplay when all three phases of the game weren't great.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't even know. I don't know that I regard Harburg as the single thing that I walked out of that game most disappointed in. For me, it was the overall strategy of what you're doing with your punt return game. I mean, you gave away field position in a horrific fashion throughout that game because you decided – Hey, we got Billy Kemp. All that matters to us is to catch the ball. Doesn't need to be a threat to run. Michigan State figures that out. And here's the other key point. They have a real big 10 punter. They have a real big 10 punter. Brian Bushini, we need to see if you can be a real big 10 punter again. Because this year, when Nebraska's needed it, hasn't been. I mean, you have to have a guy that can flip a field. And the best they could get on Saturday was a 45-yard kick. And we know Brian Bushini has a big leg. We've seen it. I think he has some 70-yarder in his time here at Nebraska. But it can't just be occasionally. They need more consistency in special teams. I mean, it really felt like all three phases took turns failing on Saturday for various reasons. And it really felt like the special teams gave away critical field position. When we're talking about Nebraska struggling to move the ball, but they're able to get you 30, 40 yards, and that puts it in the range of Tristan Alvano and his big leg – I would rather go down swinging with Tristan Alvano attempting a 50-some yard field goal than having to watch Brian Bushini kick, you know, a 43-yard punt that doesn't even flip the field because you started the drive at the five-yard line inexplicably because your punt returner, who's not even a threat to return it, is catching the ball inside the ten. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's so much that went wrong in the third phase that I, I look at that as stuff that you can change. You have Heinrich Harburg through a series of circumstances that are unfortunate uh, that you you're here, but you have to you have to figure that out, and you have had weeks to figure that out. Installing Billy Kemp to do nothing on your punt returns that was a critical coaching decision, and maybe one of the most flawed ones we've seen for Matt Rule so far this year.
2: Yeah, he mentioned that he he talked to uh, Ethan Nation after the game and said, "Hey, I should have given you an opportunity earlier than I did." Well, it's
3: inexplicable because you put Ethan Nation in when you need a spark, right? Like they, they very clearly put him in there. Well, that's also the most critical time you need the ball. Yeah. Right? So it doesn't even make sense that when he got put in, it was when the one that you definitely have to get the ball there. So it's like if you're comfortable putting him in in that situation, they should have been comfortable starting him and seeing what he could do there. And I don't think you end up with as much field position loss if you have Ethan Nation relative to Billy Kemp on Saturday. Does it flip the game? I don't know. But I really do think it hurt them substantially on Saturday.
2: Well, and we are talking about a three-point game here, so it, it is it's feasible that these little things did swing the outcome because they were giving away chunks of yards yeah,
1: it wasn't just 10 yards. it yeah. was 20 25 at
2: points.
3: The whole second half, Michigan State just got to sit in Nebraska's field, yeah, know, whether you know it was on defense or on offense because Bushini couldn't flip it. Nebraska couldn't sustain drives. Like, it was a nightmare quarter for Nebraska in the third quarter because it just allowed Michigan State to dictate the entire terms. That's probably the first time, besides the Michigan game, really, even Colorado struggled to sort of dictate to Nebraska until they pulled away in the end. Mm -hmm. Like, Michigan State kind of controlled that game in a way that Nebraska had largely done to other teams. And so I think that's why also Saturday felt so flat. Like, we're not used to seeing Nebraska just sort of being told, here's where you're going to be. Good luck getting at him,
2: Shafe, one of the areas that we hadn't really discussed yet is the defense, and I think we largely all sort of give them a pass because of how good they've been this year. Um, but I thought on Saturday, and, and Coach Rule brought up, even against Purdue, he thought there was some mistakes there. But how much do you think the – I'll call it flatness of the defense was to do with – Injuries, guys like Prince Will not being out. I believe Omar Brown was out as well. Um, and then you lose Malcolm Hartzog at one point in that game. You know, How much of it do you think it had to do with injuries and how much of it had to do with just sort of the mentality and that edge not really being there for some reason?
3: Yeah, I felt like they come out with a little bit of a malaise. I think that probably had as much to do with anything. I mean, that first drive was really kind of Michigan State's best drive of the day. They took advantage of a couple – bus for Nebraska. Uh, they were able to kind of control the line of scrimmage early in the game. And then Nebraska, Nebraska's defense fought their way back into that game. Mm-hmm. I think there's a noticeable shift in how they played later uh, relative to how they played early on. But I, I think a lot, a lot of it was Michigan State came out and just wanted it more than Nebraska on Saturday. I mean, I, We make a lot about what the record is and, and everything else. They have players, too. Elante Brown brought an emotional connection to the game. Harlan Bennett's searching for his first win. They don't want to quit on their season. And it's senior day in East Lansing. They brought their own juice, and Nebraska didn't match it early on. And then the other thing that's really hard is, for as much as we like this Nebraska's defense, and as well as they played in that stretch against Illinois and Northwestern and Purdue, they are not a big play defense. They're simply not. Like, they did not come up with big plays on Saturday, they did not translate their ability to play defense into helping the offense score, put up points. They don't have big plays coming from special teams. They didn't have big plays coming from their defense. They pretty much only had big plays coming from Heinrich Harburg's legs and a couple throws. I mean, that was that was a thing. And they're a big, like, it's, it's weird because you think of them as being more conservative because of how many points they put up and the way their defense plays. Nebraska is a big play team. They need big plays because they can't sustain drives. They're too flawed and too, you know, beat up on offense to have five scoring drives and a half. They have to have a giant chunk play to help set things up. And sometimes that needs to come from defense. And they didn't really have it ever on Saturday. Tommy Hill had the best opportunity right at the beginning of the game. He had a nice pass breakup. That's where you wish that that could have been a pick six. That would have set a tone immediately that could have just buried Michigan State. But that's the the difference between Nebraska being an all-world defense or a great defense to just being what they are, and that's really, really solid that's going to give everybody a tough game and give you a chance to win. But you can't just rely on them to go out there and win you games. They needed help on Saturday, and they didn't get picked up by Nebraska's offense.
1: Shafe, uh, let's turn the attention to Maryland now. Top four offense in the Big Ten, second-best offense Nebraska has seen this season really good quarterback that can make you pay. What do you think the Huskers need to do a better job of when it comes to stopping those chunk plays that Michigan State uh, uh, put together that really hurt this Husker team last weekend?
3: Well, we'll start with this. I expect that they're going to come out and play a little bit hair on fire on Saturday. I think that Matt Rule will spend the week motivating and getting those guys uh, ready to get the taste of last Saturday out of their mouth. So I think part of it is just going to be the effort. And then I am fascinated. This feels like 100% a Tony White game because you're not going to worry as much about what Maryland's going to do running the football. You're going to try to figure out, all right, the weakness of our team is probably in the past defense. Teams have been able to take advantage of how soft our coverage is at times. This is a veteran quarterback. How can we confuse him? What looks can we give him? What has worked on film from other teams? When he went to Iowa and was absolutely on fire last year and they picked him off five times, what was the difference in that game? What can he see? What are his blind spots? And I feel really good about Tony White being able to do that. Um, I feel good about Nebraska coming up with a game plan that allows them to challenge Maryland and force Maryland to drive the field rather than just take giant chunks uh, and do it that way. And I think because of that, Maryland is also a team that they can get out of sync. They can turn it over. They're kind of a soft team. If Nebraska can come at them hard, if you have Prince Will back, if Cam Lenhart's playing well, James Williams on the outside, it's wild in November. These are the three names I'm highlighting as <laughs> important defensive players. I'm hearing myself saying it. And it's, it's cracking me up. But that, those are the the guys that I think are going to be huge on Saturday. I mean, they're going to have opportunities to pressure Tua. Or Tua, geez, Talia. Uh, they're going to have opportunities to get after the quarterback. They're going to have opportunities to be in his face, and it starts with those three guys and with Tony White coming up with something creative and the rest of the team rallying behind it. I like sort of how this set up in a weird way. I think Nebraska will come in with some edge and some anger having lost on Saturday, and I think that helps them, but they're going to be in a fight. This is going to be a game that's going to come down to the fourth quarter. I would be surprised if either team gets to run away with it, Uh, and that's where you know, Nebraska has not won a lot of fourth quarters because they haven't been good enough a lot of times. They're either been up by enough that they hold on, or um, you know, they just like we saw last week, they weren't able to, to to get it done. So I am I'm very fascinated. I don't know right now how I feel who's going to win this game, but I think it's going to be close, and I think we're going to get a much better Nebraska effort on Saturday. Shane, I'm got- done. Let's go. Let's go.
2: Shafe, we got about a minute left here. Uh- do you think Nebraska is competent enough on offense to take advantage of what is not a very good Maryland defense?
3: I think if they are able to find ways to force Maryland to not be able to sit an extra safety on Heinrich Harburg, or if they can use Harburg as a decoy and have some success that way, yes. I also think this is a game where a guy like Josh Fleeks could hit one of those big plays where his speed is such an asset. I mean, that turn he made on the down by the goal line, by the way. That was a really nice cut to get uh, away from the uh, the edge of the field. I mean, I, I've been sort of kind of wanting to see him get a couple more opportunities, but it's hard because everything's a challenge. You can't just throw a tunnel screen to him because Nebraska's not blocking that well. You can't just throw a middle screen to him because who the hell knows what sort of offensive line formation you're even <laughs> going to get there. So I, a lot of it is you're, you're a little bit challenged in what you can do. But I think they do have some playmakers: Malachi, Jalen Lloyd, Josh Fleek. Those guys, maybe if you get two of them to have giant plays for you, it could help. Because I think I don't know that Heinrich Harburg is going to be able to run for 200 yards. And Mike Schaefer, you're need offense somewhere. We appreciate as
2: right. always. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys, have a good one. Thanks, Mike.